and welcome to We Are History. I'm John O'Farrell. And I'm Angela Barnes. And we're doing another look back at something that happened in the olden days, not so long ago. Uh, something that's not actually, that olden days, even I can remember even this Angela, one, John. Even young, uh, <laughs> straight out of school Angela Barnes, <laughs> with her hair in pigtails and her clutching her lunchbox, she remembers this story this week. And... We always do it as if it's a big reveal, what we're doing. But of course, they've clicked on the link that says what the podcast is about. They already know what we're talking about. Tell us what we're doing this week, Angela. It's one one that you've chosen. I've chosen this one because um, some of our listeners may have noticed that there's a series on on the BBC at the moment um, about this uh, called Impeachment. Yes. And it is about the whole Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky... um, Affair yeah. in ter- by which I mean, you know, the scandal thing that happened, yeah. scandal, yeah, yeah. And I think it's one of those stories. So I was, you know, it happened in the nineties when I was sort of it. It started off when I was still at school and went through while I was sort of at university, that sort of age. Right. So it's sort of in the background of that. And I think, you know, now when you think of the Bill Clinton Monica Lewinsky story, you think, oh yeah, that's that one where he got impeached for giving an intern a blowjob. Yeah. And you're like that's not really what happened. No, it's a bit more complicated. <laughs> than that. Was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been um, reading about this, making notes, just in your usual efficient way. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, so these lawyers, they have an expert thing of reading a brief and summarising the key points. Is this what you did, Angela? <laughs> I should, right, John's going to take the mickey out of me for this one because as. You know, frequent listeners will know I have a tendency to over-prepare sometimes <laughs> and take a lot of notes. And I like to know a story inside out before we do the podcast. And I'm, I'm very busy recently, but I still managed to find time to make 68 pages of notes. 68 pages? Well, That's insane, Barnes. <laughs> the funniest thing about that is that the reason I chose this topic was because I was so busy. I said to John... Well, let's do something that's a bit simple that, you, you know, we already know quite a bit about and that's already out there. And, you know, I thought it's a TV show at the moment. How hard will it be? Oh, my God, I've spent hours. 68 pages. But I managed to yesterday, the day before, like, yeah. as we're recording yesterday, I was up till half past two this morning. Yeah. Just trying to get the 68 pages down to the 15 pages, which I've eventually sent to Charles. Like, so. I'm over in America getting this thing at like, thinking, <laughs> what time is she sending this? It's like, this is, everyone's asleep in England. I'm oh, not Angela Barnes. She's still summarising our notes for We Are History Pod, which is... So, I, I think that, so that sort of illustrates the, the issue, if you like, with this, because it is such a multi-layered story and there are so many things going on. And as with anything that involves any kind of, particularly US government, any government really story, they all connect to lots of other stories and lots of other things that are going on yeah, and, in the context of a government yeah, at the time. Yeah, Angela, so Angela, what I've tried they just to want do, to know about the blowjobs. <laughs> yeah, I know they just want to know about the blowjobs. So I've tried to sort of, while trying to give it the context it needs, yes. I've sort of trimmed down yes, a lot of the, yes. the other stuff. So, But there's there's so many books out there. There's so many TV shows. Oh, there's documentaries. The Affair on uh, Amazon Prime is a yeah. good documentary that sort of is a good oversight yeah, of it all. Yeah. Um, you know, and I watched all of that this week, John, and that is a good six hours worth of TV. And this is what an hour podcast no, max. Not so, normally, Angela. Normally now. This one's actually seven hours, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Strap in. Here we go. But no, I have tried to just stick to the, I was going to say the most important bits. That's not what no, I mean. Yeah. I've stuck to the juicy bits. Okay. Um, yeah, that's because not, let's not, face not, it. Not an image I want to dwell sort on. Of what we want. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair to say from the start, Bill Clinton was a wrong one. Right. And, he's, and he's a in many ball. ways, he was a sleazeball. He's a sleazeball, and I think certainly wouldn't survive in the Me Too era um, for very long. Um, and I think 
what is is always difficult with these stories is that kind of we have this idea of morality sometimes as a bit of a balance you know yeah. if, if we look at someone like Jimmy Savile who I don't want to look at no. but you go you know on the one hand he did all this stuff for charity but that doesn't excuse no the really bad stuff he did you know and and Clinton as a democratic president did a lot of good things the economy was healthy the yeah. you know people had jobs it, it was a good period for America his presidency yes however that doesn't take away on a from personal the fact level that yeah on a personal level yeah he did lots of bad stuff. Yes, I mean, and I think yeah. the. Um, but I think what, yeah, what's it, interesting it, about this, and maybe you're going to talk about this later, but for me, yeah. as a person on the left at the time, uh, seeing the the right wing Republicans going for him relentlessly, they clearly had a political agenda as well. They weren't doing it because they were concerned yeah. about you know women's rights and feminism. No, um, and we'll definitely talk right, about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so should we go back to? Should we go back a bit? 1992. I'm going to go back to. Okay. Bill Clinton. He's the governor of Arkansas. Uh, yep. which uh, until I was like 30, I thought was pronounced Arkansas. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I think it was Bill Clinton, it's basically him coming from there, taught me how to pronounce that place. Uh, but, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I would have ever known before Bill Clinton <laughs> yeah. that it was Arkansas. So Arkansas, he'd been governor there and he announced his candidacy for the 1992 uh, election against the incumbent George Bush uh, Sr., who'd, uh, yes. who'd, who'd taken over from Reagan. So the conservative right could see he was a charismatic guy. He was a popular choice. And so they set about campaigning to discredit him in any way possible. It wasn't about policy, Angela. It wasn't about, no. it's like, how can we attack the man? A man who, yeah. he, had he dodged the draft? You know, uh, Did he pretend to be a feminist, but actually he had a bit of a record? And he, about, even yeah. way back in Arkansas, uh, Hillary had always been a target for his opponents, and the fact that she'd kept her maiden name at the time when she was mm -hmm. a practicing lawyer—they always, they always attacked her in Arkansas, and this would be a pattern that continued. Uh, yeah. So they started to dig around, and what did they find? Absolutely. So during his campaign, one of the first things that they jump on is um, they find that he's had this twelve-year-long extramarital affair with Jennifer Flowers, right. a I think she's a singer, actress, right. sort of. Showbiz person yeah. that they, yeah, you know, showbiz person. And also at some point he had got her a job for the administration in Arkansas. Um, so that's the initial thing that they jump on. And so he has to sort of come out and talk about this. Um, and, and, but pretty much, you know, yes, it was an extramarital affair, but it was a consensual affair by all accounts. Right. And the electorate just sort of went, well, don't really care where he puts his knob. Is he going to be a good president? Okay. You know, um, and I think uh, particularly at that time, we're able to overlook a man's womanising okay. as a, oh dear, what's he What like? are they like, these boys? What are they like, yeah, these boys? Yeah. They, you know, boys will be boys, yeah, all of that yeah. stuff. So he wins. He gets elected. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and was, a big deal was made about how many women in his cabinet, you know, Janet Reno, first female attorney yeah. general. That's quite a big deal. Janet Reno makes yep. a brief appearance in my musical, I'll say, Angela. I'm just going to throw that. Does she? Very brief. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in Mrs. Doubtfire. In Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, very brief. Yeah. yeah. Just going to put I that. I don't remember that in the film, Josh. No, well, we see, we've, 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 made, we've made it more. But this story really starts, doesn't it, in uh, 93? Yes. In 1993, Vince Foster, uh, who is Deputy White House Counsel, is found dead in the park near... Uh, the White House, and it looks like a suicide. Right. Up to this point, there'd been some investigations yeah. into some business dealings that the Clintons had been involved in back in Arkansas in the late 70s and through into the 80s. They're very involved, and I'm not going to go into it all because it's 
tedious, but you can look it up if you want. But it, it, it's sort of known as the Whitewater investigation. And Whitewater was the name of a property investment they'd been involved in. And there were some questions about whether money from these investments had been funneled into Clinton's uh, presidential campaign um, and whether, you know, certain things have been covered up that had happened. There was in, um, an involvement with a savings and loan company that went bust and lots of in, yeah, uh, uh, kind of entangled web of business dealings. And their business partners, the McDougals, uh, this couple who uh, they were connected to. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that, yeah, so, so the White House counsel Foster committing suicide the people were going oh was it suicide was it suicide you know is it is it murder so the right wing sort of activists were because what the, the investigation into whitewater at this point yeah. or into these business dealings at this point had requested some files um from the clintons that had been hidden and um the suggestion is that he'd killed himself because he was going to have to give testimony against hillary clinton um about these files because her law firm back in arkansas was sort of um, mixed up in this investigation. So he's found dead in a park, what looks like suicide, and um, right-wing activists really jump on this. People like Rush Limbaugh, the uh, radio yeah. right-wing radio personality, Jerry Falwell, the evangelist, televangelist, they jump on this oh. and they really put forward the question in people's minds, was this suicide? Was it murder? Is there a cover-up? And all these theories that start in these far-right circles they start to get embraced by more Republicans, more middle ground Republicans, right. and people like Newt Gingrich, who um, uh, he was a speaker of the house, a, wasn't he? Or something. Speaker of the house at the time. Yeah. Um, so, so the Republicans then, as they're getting wind of this sort of things being whipped up about Vince Foster, they asked Janet Reno, Attorney General, to appoint a special counsel to investigate this whole Whitewater. Um, thing that's happened and the the death of Vince Foster okay, to find okay. out where, whether there's any dodgy dealings so she, going so on. She, so she, she appointed Robert Fisk, is that right? The special counsel under right. Bill Clinton's yeah. instruction. And then his, he yeah. has a report uh, which just went, no, yeah. it was suicide. Stop, stop yeah. Jerry Falwell. Stop sort of stirring it all up. So, so just go back to Jerry Falwell. Is there any way that we can find out, any our listeners can find out a bit more about Jerry Farwell. There is an episode about oh. Televangelist John oh. on this very popular oh. podcast called We Are. Oh, okay. Well, maybe people uh, should listen to that. Well, that's good. Look but, that up. Um, so, um, <laughs> but anyway, they went, no, it was suicide, nothing nefarious. There was actually very little to the Whitewater investigation. That was one of those sort of lot of smoke, but no fire. And um, Exactly. They couldn't find anything, yeah. you know, is, that, that was beyond reasonable doubt. I think this is worth saying at this point. Because all this noise they were making about Whitewater, and the, the, it was so clear they were out to get Clinton on a personal level, it did affect the sort of uh, Democrats' perception of what came next with all the shit stirring that, that happened. So uh, that was yeah. the framework in which this stuff emerged later on about Lewinsky. Absolutely. So, bef yeah, until we get on to the, the sort yeah. of the scandal that we all know about, yeah. there's already a lot of stuff being whipped up yeah. um, by the right against the Clintons. So we're... Now in the middle of 1994, Fisker said no, nothing going on. And that's not what the Republicans want to hear, right? So they start, obviously, then questioning Fisk's independence. They're like, well, he would say that. He's probably a Democrat. Right. So uh, long story short, he gets replaced by Ken Starr. Um, now, Ken Starr was a Reagan Republican. He was a former Federal's appeals judge. He'd been George Bush Sr.'s solicitor general. Can you think john what side of the political divide he's, he's on. no relation of ringo um, star put it that way <laughs> yeah so so the activists on the right 
are now really stepping up. They've got Ken yeah, Starr, yeah. head of the special counsel investigation. A little thing I'll say here, because um, the Ken Starr uh, investigation goes under several different names. So just to be clear, is a Ken Starr investigation is also sometimes known as the Office of the Independent Counsel, the Whitewater Investigation, the Special Investigations Unit, all these, it's the same yeah, group of people. Yeah. So I think through the podcast today, we'll mostly call it the Office of, um, independent Council, the OIC. Okay. That is the same as Ken Starr's investigation. Okay. Oh, okay. It's the same thing. Okay. So the midterms are coming up now. It's 1994. Yeah. And um, Newt Gingrich, the Republican in the House, has gone full venom. Right? Yeah. He is really going for the Democrats now. He's made statements that all Democrats are in favour of pornographers and criminals. He's really upping yeah. this whole moral outrage thing, which is a real big thing in the 90s particularly I think this sort of moral panic oh, really? there's a really good podcast called uh, You're Wrong About which people could listen to they have different episodes about different moral panics particularly okay. during this time and it's really interesting you know it all sort of started with the whole satanic panic and there's, oh, right. there's you know re Republicans really like to question people's morality and because nobody wants to be told they're immoral and so you can be quite swung if you you know so at the midterms the republicans yep. uh, take control of congress for the first time since what 1952 uh yep. in one night both chambers flipped they picked up eight seats in the senate and they won a total of um 54 seats in the house of representatives so yeah uh gingrich uh his lot issue handbooks for these new republican members of congress well, this is go pack which is his Action committee, right? Um, that he's heading, yeah. That's what the, 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 the grand old party action committee, I suppose that would be, yeah. Um, grand old party is what they call the Republicans, isn't it? Uh, yeah, not a very catchy nickname, is it? The grand old party, yeah. no, but GOP, um, are we GOP. We're from the GOP? GOP. What is that? It's the yeah. grand old party, okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, and, and, and this little sort of uh, handbook was how to characterize Democrats as perverts and traitors, and you know, yeah. And that's, so this handbook is given to all these new Republican members of Congress, yeah. So this isn't, there so this isn't just happening by accident this is a sort of you know no. well-conceived plan by the right um yeah and this is the backdrop so, of what happens next so meanwhile also in 1994 there's lots of these things are happening concurrently yeah. obviously so 1994 there's an article in the american spectator this right-wing publication yeah. by um david brock now david brock tells this story and it gets known as Troopergate. okay story. and it's a story of these four state troopers in arkansas who are part of clinton's security detail right and they come forward with this story about how they facilitated Bill Clinton's philandering ways, right. right? So they tell stories about procuring women for Clinton and all the stuff he got up to while yeah. out and about being governor of Arkansas. And in the article, he talks about one particular incident in the Excelsior Hotel where Clinton spots a young woman working and he asks the troopers to bring her to him. Right. And the article names her as Paula. Right. And it suggests that this woman, Paula, yeah. doesn't give a surname, just Paula, that she goes to Clinton's hotel room and consensually has sex with him okay. in the hotel. This is the article says so it's consensual. So uh, yeah. the article was referring to Paula Jones and she reads yeah. the article and realises it's about her. And she comes forward yeah. to say that she's a happily married woman and uh, what happened was not at all consensual. She said that yeah. Clinton sat next, to her on, sat next to her, took out his penis and asked her to kiss it and she refused and left. And she was uh, able to give specific details about his penis. Uh, yep. So let's not go too much into that. But apparently, yeah. it, apparently it has a significant turn. It has a turn. John. Okay. Well, so, yes. so it's got a, okay, go. more than you want, more detail than I want. Presumably to, to the left. Uh, I don't know. But, oh, um, God. 
Everyone, everyone now is thinking, which way does Clinton's penis turn? This is important stuff of American <laughs> politics. But she, the point was, she wanted to retract. She wanted a retraction about it being consensual, and she cared about this. And, and yeah, and why so not, she, you know? she's worried about her reputation. She's not um, a particularly educated woman. She's not a partic- a politically no. minded woman in any way. No. I think um, she's got a husband, uh, and between them, they they want her, you know, her name cleared. Yeah, essentially. So. Jones files a sexual harassment suit against Clinton on May the 6th, 1994. Um, and that's just two days before the expiration of the three-year statute of limitations right. on the sexual assault. So she had to get it in occurred. quickly. Yeah. So she had to get it in quickly. And she's just, look- just but she's looking for $750,000 in damages. damages. Right. And her lawyer then takes her to the CPAC conference, which is the Conservative Political Action Conference. Right. That, um, and to face a press conference where she'd give, and I'm, this is no word of a lie, John, these are the exact words that her lawyer uses. He says that she'll give a blow-by-blow account. Oh, no. I wonder if he's doing that deliberately or not. It's like she's uh, sitting there going, I mean, poor Paula Jones. She was another victim in all of this, but she was like, well, yeah. our, she's got a real Southern accent, didn't she? And she was like sort of, uh, as you say, she wasn't sort of like sort of uh, New England sort of Ivy League sort of education. So she got, she got, uh, got a lot of shit in all of this. Um, yeah. But nobody had her best interests at heart. She says, I, was, no. I wasn't a conservative. I didn't know what conservative was. Um, and then yeah. Bennett, Bob Bennett, who was Clinton's personal lawyer, issued a statement saying the president has no recollection of ever meeting this woman. And he seeks temporary immunity from prosecution until Clinton is out of office. So this is yeah. another... I mean, poor yeah. Paula Jones. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she just wants... Her name the, cleared. This thing happened to her, acknowledge, her name cleared. And suddenly she's a political porn in a game she has no understanding of. And of course, the Conservatives have taken them, her under their wing and gone, we'll help you through this. And she's gone, oh, thanks, because yeah. this guy's, you know, a monster and I want to... So, yeah, it we'll come back to this story yeah. because it's relevant. Yeah. Um, so it's the summer but, of what, 95 um, now? Yeah, so that's happening in 94. At this point, Bob Bennett, as, as Clinton's lawyer, has said... Uh, Can't remember. Can't remember. Asked for... Yeah. delayed immunity I mean, um, I mean, for yeah. Clinton until he's no longer president. Yeah, so this is, so a, should, a sitting president shouldn't have to face this. Which is a sort of, there's an interesting debate to be had here because, uh, you know, uh, any sitting president is going to get uh, people come at them with lawsuits, you know, for political advantage. And so can you be an effective executive officer fighting, going through the courts for every maverick who comes at you? There is a sort of yeah. a point you could sort of uh, debate, you know, about is that yeah. fair? But... We do happen to know this was sort of true. So you sort of um, you sort of have some sympathy with Paula Jones here. So it's summer 95. So summer 1995, John, and there's a new intake of interns at the White House. Wow. And one of them is a young psychology major called Monica Lewinsky. Now, she took this internship um, because she didn't have the grades she needed to do the PhD she wanted to do. And uh, this really made me laugh because she, she, so she took it so it would look good for her future career prospects yeah. of work at the White House. And in 2019, there's a tweet that she did, uh, Monica Lewinsky. Somebody had tweeted um, asking people for the worst advice they'd ever been given. And there's a reply from Monica Lewinsky. It's just replied, an internship at the White House will be amazing on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to say that Monica Lewinsky today is this cool, uh, self-aware woman who, uh, you know, is... Uh, is it's commenting on Twitter about the, the, these things. So when there was a documentary about it, somebody tweeted, oh, no, Monica, don't talk to Linda Tripp. And she's like going, I know, right? She's retweeting it. So yeah. tell me about it, you know. So she's like yeah, she's yeah. like um, very self-aware she's and sort of... Um, owned sus- the she's owned it now, yeah, but I yeah. think it took her a long well, she was, time she was to get to that Well, she was a kid at the time. Point. She was 22, she was, 21, 22 when this happened, yeah. She was 
yeah. yeah. So she was 21 when she first started. Oh, no, 22, I think, yeah. when she first started working there. So in 1995, because the Republicans had taken the House, they're blocking all government spending. And there's a shutdown, a government shutdown, which means that uh, the White House is on a skeleton staff and uh, interns get to do more than they would have because they're not actually paid. In these interns, are, this is the big scandal here for me, Angela, mm. unpaid internships. Yeah. I mean, no one talks about the unpaid yeah, internships. Yeah, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Yeah. But... Um, the unpaid interns are uh, not on a salary, so they're not breaking any regulations by being in the building. So they've got much more access. She's she's in the office next door to Bill Clinton, you know, and um, yeah. she's in there in parts of the White House they might not have otherwise been in. So it's just Bill sort yeah. of manning the phones and sort of you know about four or five of them and well, just a few people hanging around this empty office. Yeah, things were a bit more casual than they usually yeah. were in the White House during this shutdown period. There's yeah. not the same amount of staff. Um, and Bill Clinton's hanging around more than he usually would because the negotiators are trying to sort it all out, trying to, yeah. you know, break this deadlock with the shutdown. So he's just sort of slightly sitting around the White House twiddling his thumbs yeah. at some yeah. point. Yeah, bored. What is, what and is you've got, Bill Clinton bored? What's, what does his mind turn to? Uh, I wonder where his mind goes. So Monica's 22 years old when she starts, and she's starstruck by the president. Of course she is. Yeah. You know, she's a young woman. And, and all accounts of Clinton are that he's very charming and very, you know, makes you feel like you're the only person in the world, which is, a, you know, a way lots of people who talk about their abusers and the people that... I can confirm this, you know, Angela. I've met Bill Clinton. Have <laughs> yeah. you? He, he, he was at a book launch. When he came over to England to launch his memoirs, because I was sort of like a political writer for Random House, they invited me to the launch. But it was like a bloody rock concert when he came in. Everyone was everyone was um, trying to get close to him and stuff. And I, back then, even though all this had happened, I still was like slightly intrigued by this former president, you know. So I got up he and by I, all accounts has a president. Well, I thought a, he's very tall. Yeah. He's very tall, and he looks you right mm. in the eye. But I got a bit yeah. drunk because I didn't get to talk to him at the end of the evening because everyone was getting their autograph and their pictures taken. So I've got a picture with me yeah. beside him. But I'd written this column when he uh, when Al Gore lost the presidency saying that Clinton should have resigned the day before Al Gore, you know, ceased being vice president. So he could have one day as the actual president. He could have had one day going, I'm the president, before <laughs> Bush came in. He could have said, oh, it's me, it's me. So everyone's going, oh, you should go and say that to Bill. That's hilarious. Go and say it to Bill Clinton. Oh, I was going, really? no, no. So I, so I would be a beer swilling in my veins. So I went, oh, just my friends were just saying over there, actually, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Clinton, that... Um, yeah, you could have resigned the day before you gave up the presidency. And at least Al Gore would have had one day as president. And he went, could have done if I thought of it. And he just turned on his heels and went away. It's like, oh, oh no, it didn't go down no. very well. Yeah. Oh. He didn't like my joke. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, maybe it would have been different if you'd been a lady. Maybe, yeah. But maybe he, then I mean, he would everyone have, uh... said, now, oh, isn't he charismatic? I didn't see it myself. I thought, well, he's, he's clearly got presence, but he was charismatic because you he was also present. weren't. I yeah, and flushing. also you weren't a target of his, uh, like, right, you know, right. you could turn it on when, right, to, I bet, when I you bet, need to. I bet, so, you know? yeah, yeah. So, but, um, but Monica was starstruck. Yeah, and and so she had a crush on him. Yeah. She's 22. Yeah. That's, you know, 22-year-old women have crushes. 45-year-old women have crushes. So oh, Angela, she does you're married now. Take, <laughs> <laughs> she takes these opportunities to flirt with him, right. you know, and but he responds of the flirts and what starts as a flirtation grows into ever increasing more intimate encounters oh yes and monica really <laughs> starts to allow herself to believe that there's something special between them and i i sort of relate to that because i think when you're 22 you're naive you haven't had many relationships you're not really in the you know and you don't necessarily understand this power dynamic this manipulation and how 
sex is part of that. And I know that when I was 22, you know, you sort of assume that if a man wants to sleep with you, certainly in the 90s when people didn't talk about this stuff as openly as they do now, yeah. you assumed if a man wanted to sleep with you, it's because they were interested in you. Yeah. They were interested in a relationship with you. The, the whole thing was the, yes. the same. You know, that sort of idea of being used yeah. by someone in power just wouldn't have occurred to me at right. 22. Right. And I mean, um, I mean, so... Bizarrely, you've got this situation where there was a sort of gatekeeper to Bill Clinton, who was Betty Curry, his presidential secretary. And then Monica would be contacted by this woman, uh, this sisterly yeah. woman, to come and see the yeah. president. It was all very much on his terms, as you say. He had, She had very little agency in it. So she would yeah. be invited into the Oval Office and they would conduct their affair in the rooms at the back of it. Now, you say, you're, I have to say your notes, Angela, are very coy. You're not saying you're not saying what was going on here. I mean, these we're not. We might get to that yeah. in a little oh, okay, bit. Okay, okay, if that's um, coming up. But yeah. but there was. The, I'll just say there was. What we're talking about is a, a, a blowjobs that were uh, that did not. How can I say this? Uh, were not completed. So he would never ejaculate at this point. He was a, he, at, this point, at yeah. some he was point. At some point in his his morality. I think he thought that he wasn't, it was okay because he wasn't go, going to full climax and that, that, that gave him some sort of moral ghetto. I'm not saying it's right, Angela. I, I don't know if I buy any of that and I don't know if I buy that he didn't go to full climax. I think oh, no. we'll come on to the wording he yeah. used in his defence in a bit. But all I I'm think saying, it was just... All I'm saying, Angela, down south, they say, eaten ain't <laughs> Clinton's next campaign uh, for his second term in office begins in 1996. Um, so he's running against the Republican war veteran, Bob Dole. Yep. And Clinton is in a strong position. The economy's doing well. His campaign slogan is about building a bridge to the 21st century. And But there were people in the White House who could see that Monica, this intern, is getting a bit cosy with the president. They're having nice little cosy chats. I don't think anyone really necessarily knows the extent of their cosy little chats, apart from Betty Curry. Yeah. But they're worried this could be a problem. This could turn into something else. Yeah. Because they know, they know that Bill Clinton Yeah, they know what he's like. Fought. They know what he's like. You yeah, know, yeah, he's yeah. not, this isn't his first time at the not... cheating on Hillary rodeo. Right. So <laughs> they think it could be a little bit of a problem. So what they do, they move Monica Lewinsky from the White House to the Pentagon. Right. Much to her distress. She doesn't want to go, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But Bill Clinton makes her a promise. And he says, if I win this election... I will get you a job and bring you back here to the White House. But for now, go go be a good girl. Go to the Pentagon. And and I think it's really important, again, to remember that Monica has no agency. She can't just call him no, she can't at get any through, time. No. She can't just turn up. She can't. She has to wait for Clinton to, call her. to come to her. Yeah. And then she responds to that. So she's completely under some sort of spell with him. Yeah. And she has no agency. Yeah. So she's, she's now stuck working at the Pentagon, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Yep. Weirdly, and I thought this is an amazing detail, her, do you know where she was living the whole time that the scandal was going on? I do, yeah. She was living at the Watergate complex. It's like, oh, great. Yeah, yeah this is good. This, is, yeah. this won't make any headlines. This won't make any sort of parallels. <laughs> um, it's not going to come yeah. up later. Uh, but she's, her, yeah. her job is like uh, dealing dealing with the media for the Pentagon. That's going to be useful for later on. Um, and yeah. she's uh, accompanying the Secretary of Defence on trips. But uh, Bill Clinton does still call her sometimes. And if he sees her at a yeah. White House event, uh, he suddenly remembers she exists, then he might call her a day or two later. And she says, oh, see, he does love me. See, he's still thinking about me. But um, but because they're coming up to the 96 election, he's like keeping uh, well away from her and she doesn't hear from him for, for weeks. 
And, uh, yeah. And this is emotional for a young woman. Yeah, you yeah. know, she's she's trying to put, she does, she turns up at events knowing that if he sees her, she, he'll call her. That's yeah. the pattern. You know, she's obviously getting a bit desperate she, at this she puts point. A, she, a bit... she puts an advert in the Washington Post, uh, Lonely Hearts, doesn't she, on Valentine's Day. She puts a little thing saying to, uh, mm. to, to uh, handsome, that's what she called him. Yeah, because of Hey Handsome yeah. is her. So, yeah, and she quotes yeah. Romeo and Juliet. I mean, it's like Teenage Crush, really. Bless her. It really is. And, and you know, she, he's, she's completely under this spell. Um, now, luckily for her, John, because romantic affairs are, yeah. are complicated enough without yeah. your other half being married and also leader of the free world. Yeah. But she's got a friend, her new workplace gal pal yeah. at the Pentagon. Great. Good, good. She's got a, a sister. A sister comes along. A woman called Linda Tripp. Now, Linda Tripp is a older than Monica, considerably yeah. older than Monica. Yeah. And she's a sort of slightly long in the tooth civil servant. She had worked under the Reagan administration and the um, Clinton administration kept her on at the White House um, after after yeah. he wins the election. And she works in Vince Foster's office. Right. Now, after Vince Foster commits suicide... She says, this is her interpretation yeah. of this, is that she starts to question things. She starts to ask questions about what had happened with this suicide. Of course, lots of people on the right are asking questions about it as well. So they move her to the Pentagon. Right. So it's um, like... They give her a $20,000 raise. Oh, okay. and she gets moved to the Pentagon. Okay. She seems to be a pattern. So it's sort of <laughs> dumping ground for women that might get Clinton in trouble by the sound of it. So It, do, yeah. it does seem like, oh God, they're going to be a problem for Clinton. Move them to the yeah. Pentagon. So Monica, Monica Lewinsky is there. Linda befriends her. Monica's sort of emotionally very low and she starts chatting. She starts telling Linda Tripp everything and this is a key, key Absolutely moment. Absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. So Clinton wins the election. Yeah. And, and there was this really sad bit on one of the uh, documentaries I watched. It just really got me because she, Monica has this beautiful red ball gown and she turns up to the inauguration in this beautiful red ball gown. You know, yeah. she has to watch Clinton dance with Hillary to yeah. Nat King Cole's Unforgettable. Um, the inauguration was hosted by Kevin Spacey and oh. I'll let people make their own conclusion about what that says about Clinton. How lovely. All his pals. But it was sort of this sad image of this desperate young woman who yeah. is in, you know, this confusing headspace. Yeah, so so Lewinsky gets a call from the Clintons to have come and visit him because he'd spotted her at the ball, I expect. Uh, and he has a yeah. present for her. So as she's done many times before, the gatekeeper, Betty Curry, uh, the secretary at the Oval Office, covers for him. And uh, uh, they go to the study area in the back. Betty hides in the all dining room. All them. three of them. Betty, Betty hides yeah. in the dining room so they can be alone in the study without anyone knowing. And Lewinsky, uh, so, so any, to all of this time, there's never a closed door with Monica and uh, Bill Clinton in a room. It's, the door always has to be open. And so, you know, when people yeah. come in, he suddenly sort of pulls his trousers back up and, you know, it's all very undignified. Yeah. Well, so it, it's, so the, the Oval Office, they never actually did anything in the Oval Office. No, it's it's the rooms, rooms behind yeah, the Oval yeah. Office. There's back rooms, there's a study, there's a bathroom, there's a kitchen. There's all oh, sorts the of romance. rooms at the back. And so all three of them would go out there. So to anyone else, it looked like, right. you know, Monica Lewinsky wasn't ever alone with Clinton. Yeah. But Betty would go and lock herself in the bathroom while they did whatever right. they did. So Betty Curry's very much their, their cover. cover. Now, at this particular instance, so it's he's won the election. He's finally called Monica. Yeah. She gets to go and see him again. And he gives her two gifts. Yeah. One is a copy of Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass, which is a book of poetry that was once banned because of how sexually okay. charged it is. Um, and he gives her a hat pin. Right. Um, and so her insecurity starts to fade. He does love her after all. You know, he's yeah. given her these gifts. Okay, it's fine. And so they go to the bathroom where they can be more intimate. And uh, 
Well, John, she was wearing something during this particular Is this the blue dress? Encounter. Is this the famous blue she dress? She was wearing a certain little navy blue dress oh, that Clinton, let's say, has splashed out. Oh, on. lovely image. Thank um, you, Angela, for that. Yes. So, so their relationship resumes at this point with Betty Curry right. as their cover. Okay. So it's two months Two months on, Clinton has an attack of the guilt. So he calls Monica in to see him to end their relationship. And she's yeah. really upset so, and like emotionally destroyed. And she's angry because it was like eight months after the election. He'd said he'd get her back to the White House and he hasn't kept that promise. Yeah. So now she's been messed about one time too many now. She's, yeah. you know, he takes her back. And two months later, he's like, no, we're going to end this. So she writes a quite formal letter to Bill Clinton where she says, dear sir, rather than hey, handsome yeah, or yeah. whatever else she usually says. And she says, OK, well, if you're not going to give me that job that you promised me, then I'm going to leave yep. the, completely and get a job and move to New York. Um, and she says, I'm going to tell my parents exactly why I'm doing it, because otherwise they're going to be suspicious if I leave this well-paid job at the Pentagon without another job yeah. to go to. So she's sort of planting seeds. that She's not threatening to go public. Yeah, but she's sort of she saying, is threatening to tell her parents yeah, yeah, about what's yeah. happening. And this is a concern for Clinton. Yeah. Um, so he speaks to his friend, attorney Vernon Jordan. Yep. And Vernon Jordan says he'll arrange a job for Monica in New York with Revlon. Okay. Now, again, through all of this, Monica's confiding in her friend at the Pentagon, Linda Tripp. She, Linda Tripp knows all about all of yeah. this stuff, about the relationship, about the gifts, about the dress he spaffs yeah. on, about him ending it with her, about him yeah. getting her a job, everything. Gives her a bit of and advice. Linda... She gives her a bit of advice about the dress, doesn't she? I remember this. Yes. So Linda gives her advice. She's the one who advises Monica not to get the dress that she'd been wearing dry cleaned. Because okay. Monica says, oh, I had this dress. The way she tells Linda, it's like, oh, I had this dress. And then I went out afterwards. I didn't even notice it had spun all down it. <laughs> Lovely. You know? Beautifully put, and, Angela. And Beautifully Linda put. at that point says, um, don't get that dry cleaned. That's your insurance. Wow. That's, you know, you might need that in the future. Aww. So isn't she Aww. lucky to have Linda Tripp Looking after her interests. That's in. great. So. Yeah. But no. Not so. so. So, so when Linda had first moved to Pentagon, she'd spoke to her friend, who's this uh, conservative literary agent, uh, uh, Lucienne Goldberg, about writing a book. So this is long before Louise. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, about experience of working at the White House. And Lucienne goes, your own person works in politics. That sounds really boring. And she's not interested. Then, so a year later, after she's, uh, uh, um, you know, befriended this young White House intern who's been banging the president, or hasn't been banging the president, been giving blowjobs to the president, thinks, oh, maybe this will float your boat. So she calls Lucienne again. Lucien recorded that call to say, I've got a real story for you now. Maybe not about the internal workings of Pentagon politics, but how about young girl giving the president blowjob? Is that is that more interesting to you? They call him <laughs> Big Creep is their codename for uh, uh, Big Creep is their codename for Clinton. Uh, yeah. They say the girl was 21 when it started. I don't know if she was 21 or 22. She's actually 22, yeah, yeah. I think, but that's yeah. what she says in the recording. But, that she was yeah, so then, so, so yeah, so suddenly Luciana is interested. Yeah, so, and Luciana at this point, tells Linda Tripp that she should record all the phone conversations she has with Monica. Right. And she tells Linda that's a perfectly legal thing to do. Now, Lu Lucianne is in New York. And in New York, where Lucianne lives, it is a perfectly legal thing to do. Right. However, in Maryland, where Linda is, minor detail, not legal okay. to record okay. uh, phone calls with somebody who doesn't know they're being recorded. But Linda doesn't know this, so she buys a tape recorder and she's been recording all these phone conversations with Monica Lewinsky, where Monica Lewinsky's talking about her right. affair, talking about the job that Clinton's going to get her, talking about the dress. Everything is now on tape. Um, Lucianne and uh, Linda Tripp will go on to claim 
that it was because they felt sorry for Monica, yeah, yeah, that it had to yeah. end somehow, that this poor girl was being hurt. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying uh, it, Linda. I'm not buying that. No. Lucianne certainly moved in very right-wing circles and, you know, was quite happy to be part of the machine that was setting out to bring Clinton down. Remember Ken Starr? Yeah. John. Ken Starr is the uh, independent office of the Independent Council and he's investigating Whitewater and the Clinton's business deals back in Arkansas. And now he's also investigating the death of Vince Foster. And he's been trying to get the Clinton's business associates to testify. He's been looking into Hillary's law firm and things that he have been alleged to be covered up by them. And he decides that Hillary Clinton at this point should testify under oath before a grand jury. Right. right? And he decides he's going to create a political Spectacle right. that will post OJ. We've had the OJ trial. The Americans into all this shit, aren't they? Yep. Hillary Clinton, she like fronts it out, doesn't she? She walks in front of the cameras and she faces nine male prosecutors, holds her own, and ultimately there's not enough evidence really. And yeah, uh, so Hillary is a, an experienced, yeah, lawyer. you know, lawyer, yeah. and he's not gonna. She's not gonna be shown up that way. Yeah. She's not gonna be got. So she sits in front of these nine men, holds her own. Yeah. It's not enough. She knows there's not enough evidence to prosecute her. So in February 1997, Starr announces he's stepping down and people say it's because he now realises he doesn't have enough evidence on the Clintons, although he insists it's the, the, the white water investigation is active and ongoing. But everyone, it feels like a victory for the Clintons. Yeah, because they've, they've got their second term. Yeah. They He's got his second term and Starr announces he's stepping down and Republicans go mad yeah, right? because yeah. this is not a good look for no, them no. special investigators basically giving up yeah. even though he insists the investigation's ongoing so the next day under pressure from presumably from some of these right wing activists he decides to reverse the decision and says that he will continue as special investigator um, and so him and his team now are desperately trying to find evidence of Clinton's illegal activity to, to bring him down to to sort of justify their existence as well. They're costing a fortune. Yeah, yeah. This, and it's been going on for years, this investigation. And so far, they're not coming up with anything that they can get them with. The, the report of the death of Vince Foster also finds, like Fisks did, that that, that uh, he committed suicide. Uh, so that strand of the Office of Independent Counsel investigation is put to bed. But the Republicans still want blood. Where is Starr and the OIC going to find it, Angela? Well, I think that's a good... Time to take a little break there, John. I'm going to go and collect my navy blue dress from the dry cleaners. Oh, no. Well, I'll, and, I'll, uh... I'll light a cigar. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe explain the cigar reference after the after the intermission. I, I don't think it needs too much explaining, John. Okay. <laughs> See you in a bit. See you in a bit. Welcome back to part two of Angela's Marathon investigation of... Uh, uh, let's Kenneth Starr's got nothing on me, mate. Yeah, yeah. What I think we should call the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal. I don't think we should call it the yeah. Monica Lewinsky scandal because she no. doesn't like that. And he no. was the in instigator of this affair. So let's lead with Clinton's name. It's the, it's yeah. the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal. Um, yeah. You're making some so, reference to cigars. What's the, what's the cigar thing, Angela? What is I that? I don't know, John. I'm far, far... Far too innocent and naive. But, so, I, 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 also, just on the details of this, he didn't actually have sexual intercourse with her at any point. I don't think that, that you know, we need to, because people go who don't know about it going, We, we are oh, getting what? to that, John. Oh, we are, all right, all right. But the cigar we, was, okay, we, that, get, we, yeah. we get to the details of the cigar as well. We, we, we get into, oh, I mean, we, I mean, it says sex with objects, but we can okay, then say okay. that, that was a, all right, yeah. All right, sorry, sorry I, know, sorry. I know for some reason, John, you've seemed desperate to talk about the cigar. <laughs> it was a Cuban cigar. <laughs> that was a scandal. I mean, and also, you went then, I just need to nip off to the toilet. So I don't know what's going on. Go ahead, John. But <laughs> there we go. Cigar break. All right, don't panic. Okay. 
So tell us where we are with <laughs> Kenneth Starr's investigation. So, oh, it's gone, so, it's gone nowhere, isn't it? It's going nowhere. So yeah. what's he going to do to keep the right happy, bring down Clinton? Well, let's go back, John, to the Paula Jones ah, case. Remember Paula, Paula Jones, Jones yeah, yeah. woman who has accused Clinton of sexual assault in 1994. She brings this uh, case against him. Clinton's lawyers ask for it to be deferred until he is out of office. But a judge has found now, we're in 1997. Well, originally they found that they couldn't have a civil lawsuit brought against them. Um, but... Paula Jones' team's appealed this. It goes to the Supreme Court, who unanimously agree that the case could proceed while Clinton was in office. This is a big deal. change. Okay, so, yeah. so so then Paula Jones' legal team they draw up a settlement agreement, seven hundred grand, yeah. and a statement to be read by Clinton's lawyers, uh, which is what she had originally asked for. But she rejects it. She says the language yeah. of the statement wasn't acceptable to her. It's now nineteen ninety seven. And the Supreme Court has ruled that the trial can go ahead and depositions can begin. And the judge in the case has allowed that any woman who had sexual contact with Clinton, even consensual, may be deposed. So, right. So this has made a really useful vehicle for Clinton's political opponents, yeah, this yeah. case. Suddenly, he's allowed to be uh, for the case we brought while he's in office. And it's very interesting that Paula Jones has now turned down what she originally asked for, the settlement and the statement. So the, the, for Paula Jones, I think the case is about getting justice for something awful that she says happened to her. Yeah. Right. And, and she, like we said, she wasn't particularly politically motivated. She didn't really understand it. Uh, for her, it's a woman being assaulted and she's just getting abuse from all sides and, and just trying to clear her name. Yeah, yeah. And so the, this right-wing activist, Susan Carpenter-McMillan, right. sort of comes in and says, I'll take care of you. I will make sure you're right. She describes herself as a right-wing feminist and she starts putting Paula in trouser suits. She coaches her to have a media presence where she'll be taken more seriously because at this up to this point, she's been portrayed in the media and on comedy shows and things as this dumb hick, yeah. as trailer trash. Yeah, um, I know Saturday it's awful. You, Live, see the clips, you, know. you see the clips of comedians that you sort of thought, oh, I used to quite like that comedian. You think they're yeah. all doing their Southern accent and taking the mickey out of her. And this woman is a yeah. victim of an, a sexual assault and she's just being yeah. mocked roundly and, on all these shows. And I think we forget here now, like with the conversation we have now with Me Too and everything, that in the 90s, victim blaming was common. Yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah, it was yeah. like, well, you know, she must have seduced him. She must have, been, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so yes. and that was happening. So this team is there going, you, you know, we can make this better for you. And of yeah. course, she's going, thank you. Yeah, I she has a team support. of uh, Dallas lawyers and uh, and they want to show that this behaviour was of Clinton's is a pattern. And in the absence yeah. of, of the evidence uh, that the event took place, it's her word against his. Her team start looking for obviously, for evidence of other infidelities. Now, are they, are they going to get that with Bill Clinton? I, well, I, I, I think there's an interesting point here, John. Yeah. With the, that's how it's worded. They're looking for other infidelities. Now, at the time, there seems to be very little distinction between what, hap what he did to Paula Jones, right. which was an assault, and yeah. he's having an affair with Monica Lewinsky. It's like yeah. they're portrayed as the same. And, of course, now we know well, there's an argument there is an argument for an element of assault with Monica Lewinsky because it, there was a power thing, that but, she but, was but young. Monica he was, was in... consensual. But she was consensual and, yeah. you know, so they, I think it's interesting that this time that just didn't seem, it was the same thing as far yeah. as, they, they were just infidelities. And so Paula Jones' at... case never seems to have been treated by the media, by anyone, like the assault. No, I think, was, I think perhaps know. post Me Too it might be. But the legal team yeah. get a call from a, another woman who said she was groped by Clinton when she went to see him about getting a job. Woman didn't want to go public, but she was tracked down by a Newsweek reporter called uh, Michael Isakov. Uh, Isakov. Yes. Michael Isakov. So... 
this is Kathleen Willey, right? Okay. Now, she, um, we're not going to make any silly jokes about nope, her name, no, John. No, we are I'm, better I'm, than that. I'm sitting on my hands here. Yep. Good. Um, <laughs> what was her name? No, Kathleen. She... Kathleen. <laughs> what a name, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> she, she meets Bill Clinton in 1989. And in 1992, her husband starts working for him. And she begins to volunteer in the First Lady's office. So she's involved in things like helping with state dinners yeah, and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And in 1993, her husband was in serious financial trouble. So she, as a volunteer at the White House, she goes to see Bill Clinton about the possibility of getting a paid job at the White House. Right. And she says that during this, what she calls an unfortunate encounter, Bill Clinton made unsolicited sexual advances to her. Um, but that while that was happening, an aide knocked on the door and she was able to get out before anything else happened. But she was shocked and shaken by this event. And she told a friend at the White House that she had at the time. Oh, who was, who was the friend, Angela? And that friend was a lady called Linda Tripp. Oh! Yeah. So. So, so how do I say this name? Isakov. 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 So Isakov looks up Linda Tripp to ask her about Kathleen Willey, not knowing at the time that she's taping these conversations with someone who's actually having an affair with Bill Clinton. And Linda Tripp tells Isakov that she's been taping Monica Lewinsky, but he refuses to listen to the tapes because it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, trained professional, he knows that these have been obtained illegally and he doesn't want to sort of, uh, you know, put himself in a difficult position. So, the Paula Jones trial is going on. Yep. People are being deposed. Women that uh, he's had a sexual contact with, Bill Clinton, are being deposed. Linda knows that she's got these tapes yep. that really incriminate Bill Clinton, but she can't just hand them over right. because she's obtained them illegally. So... She realises the only thing that she can do is somehow get herself subpoenaed in the Paula Jones case. Ah, because that way, she can, she can get immunity against prosecution for making the tape. Right? She won't face yeah. jail for, for getting the information. So that's why she's um, uh, talking to Isakoff, who is the person who's found Kathleen Willey. Right. Th this woman who's come forward. So 21st of November, 97. Linda gets a call from Paula Jones' lawyers and they agree to subpoena her but make it look like a surprise and she's going to appear all shocked and hostile to it because Monica's her friend and her attorney's a Democrat. Right. And she, so she's, she wants to be subpoenaed because that way she can Spill the disclose the tapes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but she has to pretend that it's all a shock. So, meanwhile... Monica Lewinsky gets a call from Bill Clinton. No, oh, he's rung me up. No, oh. yeah. and it's like he see, but Bill has seen the witness list for the Paula Jane's depositions, and Monica's name is on it. And he yeah. he said he thought that she probably wouldn't get called, and that she could sign an affidavit to get out of it. So he didn't ask her to lie, but he also didn't tell her to tell the truth. And she's going, oh, yeah. how he rang me. Yeah. No, no, Monica, no. listen, he's not in love with you. He's not, that <laughs> yeah. wasn't a romantic phone call. He's covering his ass. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure, John, by this point, Monica knows that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I'm not sure, you know, looking at uh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Really? Um, all right, all right, all right. So, so Monica gets the subpoena. Yeah. And she panics because right. on the subpoena, when it arrives, it specifically asks her to produce the hat pin he'd given her as a gift. Now, right. how do they know? The Paula Jones inquiry, how do they know that, that she got this gift of a yeah, hat pin? Yeah. I'm very specific. So she panics. Who does she call for advice? Oh, Her good Tripp. pal, Linda Tripp, oh. of course. Um, and she also calls Vernon Jordan, who's Clinton's friend, who's an attorney. Now, he tells her not to panic. He calls it a vanilla subpoena, 
Um, I think I had one of those in a TGI Friday once. But, um, <laughs> with sprinkles. And the, the, yeah, the subpoena just asked two questions. It said, did you have sex with the president? Did he ask for it? Blimey. And he puts her in touch with a lawyer, Frank Carter. Yeah. And he said that if she signs an affidavit that Frank Carter can draw up, she won't have to be deposed in the Paula Jones case. They can just submit the affidavit and that will be done and dusted. So just a few days later, Betty arranges a Christmas visit for her and Bill where he showered her with gifts just after she'd been subpoenaed and asked to supply the gifts he'd given her. He really thought he was bulletproof, doesn't he? Yeah. Bill. So, you know, she's just had a situation where she's been subpoenaed, asked to turn over the gifts. Yes. And what does he do? He meets her and just gives her a load more gifts. He thinks he's untouchable. Yeah, yeah. Two days after that, he showered her with all these gifts, which yeah. she doesn't keep, by the way. She gives to Betty because she doesn't, she knows she can't keep them right. because of the subpoenas because they right. could come looking for the gifts. But two days later, she signs the affidavit, yeah. um, which she thinks is going to get her off the witness list. And and also she hopes the Clintons will will see that she's, on his, she's on his team. She's not going to betray him. Yeah. She's not planning to betray him and to out him and to yeah. you know. So as far as Clinton's concerned, she's gonna you know just keep quiet. Yeah. Um. Now remember, while all this is going on, we've got Kenneth Starr's Whitewater investigation. investigation, the Office of the Independent Counsel. Now Linda Tripp speaks to the Office of the Independent Council somehow. We will get onto that in a bit. Right. Somehow these two things are connected at this point. So Linda Tripp um, tells them that this Monica Lewinsky character has been subpoenaed in the Paula Jones yep. case. And she tells them that Monica Lewinsky has discussed her testimony with Bill Clinton and that they've both agreed together Ooh. that they're going to lie Ooh, under no. oath. This is, a, this, right? is, this is damaging stuff. Now, this is now witness tampering. It's yeah. obstruction of justice. And it's just the sort of thing an investigation with a right wing leaning is going to be punching the air about, you know, because yeah. he's gone years trying to get him with yeah, the yeah. suicide, with Whitewater, yeah. with, and just getting nowhere. So the OIC offer trip immunity from prosecution if she hands over the tapes. She also tells yeah. them about a certain dress. So then they ask yep. Linda to meet with Monica wearing a wire so they can get a clean and accurate recording of the conversation. Linda calls Monica and says she needs to talk to her because she's been subpoenaed and is worried about lying under oath to protect Monica. Ooh, so during all this, Linda's yeah. giving it to Monica, you know, I've been subpoenaed yeah, and I'm, I'm a bit worried. Friend. I don't know if I can lie for you. you yeah. know. So Monica's panicking that Linda's going to not lie yeah. under oath because why should she? So they arrange to meet. And it's now 13th of January, 1998. They meet for lunch, Linda and Monica, at the Ritz-Carlton Pentagon City. And she's wearing a wire, Right, uh, Linda. So Monica's in an emotional state by this point. She's yeah. paranoid, quite obviously. And at one point, while they're talking, Linda's microphone slips down her blouse. So she has to quickly excuse herself to go to the ladies and sort out her microphone. And while she's there, Monica starts rifling through her handbag because there's agents in the room yeah. watching. And because she's half expecting to find a tape recorder, she thinks Linda might be recording the conversation. But at no point does she think that Linda's going to be wired by the actual That's FBI. Insane. So yeah. um, Linda tells Monica during this recorded conversation that yep. she will sign an affidavit the same way that Monica did to try and get out of testifying. And Monica says, great, I've done one of these. I can help you with it. I can tell you how to do right, it. Right. So the next day, Lewinsky gives... Trip a document which is headed points to make in an affidavit. So she's coached Trip on what to tell Jones's lawyers about Kathleen Willie because it's right. the Kathleen Willie thing that Linda Trip has been subpoenaed to talk about in the Paula Jones. You've got not the Monica Lewinsky Absolutely. thing because Paula Jones inquiry don't you know I'm bringing that the, up at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So they've yeah. got they know that now the, the plot is thickening. The OIC a potential witness tampering and all sorts against Clinton. But it isn't within their remit of the Whitewater investigation. So uh, yeah. there's a tenuous link with the Vernon 
Vernon Jordan getting Monica Lewinsky a job because he'd done the same thing for a former disgraced Clinton business associate. So they go to the uh, Janet Reno, the attorney general, who reluctantly expands the jurisdiction of the Starr investigation to include Paula Jones, which is like, that's another blow for Clinton. Yeah, and, and it's not really, I found it, I couldn't really find what exactly happened, but there was a committee, you know, it wasn't Janet Reno's decision on her own to make that, so she had no choice. The investigation, Kenneth Starr's investigation, they know that the president is going to be deposed in the Paula Jones case. And because they know about Monica, they know that he will definitely lie under oath. Right. Um, uh, because they have the information he doesn't know they have. Right. And they know that if he lies under oath, that's, that's that could count that's, yeah, as a high crime or misdemeanour. And that is what you need to go for an impeachment. So this is all a tactic to get rid of a democratic elected president absolutely they don't care about Paula Jones they don't care about any of the women yeah. involved they yeah. just want to Depose. get him out yeah. yeah so they need to try to flip Monica they need to get her testimony and they need to get her on site Linda Tripp arranges to meet Monica Lewinsky at the Pentagon City Mall food court to discuss this affidavit that she said she's going to sign Linda sort of tells Monica oh, I'm still a bit nervous about this and Monica's like right fine let's meet up I'll talk to you about it again but when she turns up Linda's got these FBI agents with her and when they meet Monica, the FBI agents escort Monica to a room at the Ritz-Carlton. It's room 1012 at the Ritz-Carlton, where members of the Office of Independent Counsel are waiting to speak to Monica Lewinsky. Now, Monica obviously knows Nothing. no idea sprung this on that her. they know anything about her, yeah. that anyone knows anything about her. And so this is a real shock. So, and so she's this young girl. She's 24 at this point. She's suddenly being taken to this hotel room with the FBI. She's scared. And just to illustrate just how much this investigation, Kenneth Starr's investigation, is not interested in the welfare of any women in this, this sting operation, they call it Operation Prom Night because oh, it's God. about spending half an hour with a girl in a hotel. Oh, my God. That's awful. That's how little they give yeah, a shit yeah, about yeah, yeah. Her. the women yeah, in this story. Yeah, yeah. There's a moment where Linda Tripp's like, well, you've got an hour, I can go. And Monica insists on Linda staying in the room to see what she's done. To go, no, you witnessed this. You've made this. You pretended to be my friend and you betrayed me. You stay and watch what happens next. Right. So Monica Lewinsky asks for a lawyer, doesn't she? Because her lawyer is Frank Carter, who's connected to Clinton. They refuse, as everything would then get back to the president. They yeah. tell her that she could be charged for signing a false affidavit and witness tampering, etc. But they offer her immunity if she agrees to make monitored phone calls and wear a wire. And she refuses, uh, Monica Lewinsky. She's not out to save her own ass. She calls her mum. And they refuse to let her. She wants to call her mum. She wants to call her mum. Sorry, yeah. she wants to call her mum. They wouldn't let her. She tells them that she is leaning to not prosecuting. They tell her that they will prosecute her mother for things she said to her. She did on the tape. So poor Monica Linsky. Uh, eventually, she gets, does call her mother, Marcia Lewis, who travels by train from New York to join them. This is all very tough on the, on the Lewinsky family. It's all happening in a very tight time frame. Bill Clinton's deposition is due to take place in 12 hours. Monica's in this hotel room. She's frantic. You know, and she's stressed. And so she asks if she can go for a walk in the mall. And so she's escorted by these agents and they go for a, a walk. And while they're on the walk, Monica asks to use the Macy's bathroom because she knows there's a payphone in there. Wow. So she goes into the ladies and she uses the payphone to try to call Betty. Betty is the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper at the, the Oval Office. Yeah, yeah. But she just gets voicemail. She doesn't get through oh, to her. God. 
So um, anyway, she's paranoid by this point, Monica. Then she says at one point, she's while she's on the phone, you know, some woman yeah. comes up to, to into the bathroom, and Monica's like, "Are you with them? Are you?" You know, she's really yeah, paranoid. Yeah. Thinks everyone's so. Eventually, her mum arrives, and she advises Monica to cooperate. She's like, "This is my daughter. Shouldn't be facing twenty years to protect." Big creep. Bill Clinton, yeah. right? This, this, you know, her yeah. mum can see what it is. So her mum asks the. Office of Independent Counsel, people that are there. She asked them for an immunity offer in writing and oh. they refuse. And their reason for refusing, John, which is perfectly understandable, is that they simply don't have a typewriter. No typewriter. No typewriter. No would, typewriter. Would what are you going to do? You, know, uh, you can't yeah. possibly just write it by hand. No. Um, so at this point, Marcia Lewis and Monica are like, these, the, we don't we, trust these people. The, absolutely, yeah. These so, people do not have our interests at heart. Here. In the meantime, her father had called the family lawyer. Uh, a guy called Bill Ginsburg, who advised Monica to just leave the room as she wasn't under arrest and not to accept an immunity deal. Like, like they've got some of their own legal advice now. So the next day, it's Clinton's deposition in the Paula Jones trial. Um, her team have now been briefed. They have all the details of what Lewinsky has told Linda Tripp on the tapes. So they go into the deposition knowing all about Monica Lewinsky and knowing that they've got evidence. Right. Um, but obviously... Bill Clinton's team don't know this okay. at all. So his deposition takes place and he's in his domain. I think it was at the White House. I'm pretty sure it was. But it's, it, wherever it is, he's working the room. He is comfortable. Right. And you can see the video of it and he's oh. very Clinton. Confident. You know. And Paula Jones is in there as well. But she stands it. she stares him down because she's determined he's going to tell, tell the truth, the truth yeah. about what happened to them. Um, now, the judge in the case had... They'd ask the legal team not to ask any questions designed to embarrass the president. No, because, would oh, we, wouldn't that be oh, awful? Oh, no. I mean, I know he might have sexually assaulted a woman, <laughs> but, but you don't want not, to get him don't, embarrassed. Don't mention, public. you know, what he actually did. Yeah, no. So what they did, they used written definitions of sexual contact in a chart. Okay. So rather, so you wouldn't have to read out the sex acts that right. he's been accused of. They could just sort of refer to where they were in the chart and things like that. So out of the 77 sex acts oh in the God. chart, John, should we try and work out what all 77 are? Shall we? <laughs> oh, my we God. Might, we might it's get, a karma sutra, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he only admits to one of them, and he says that was with Jennifer Flowers, the person he'd already right. admitted to having right. an affair with way back. So then Kathleen Willey's testimony is put before him. And he denies it emphatically. And then he gives it all the sympathetic of, oh, the poor woman, she's oh, been through God. a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so when she came to me, I embraced her. Maybe I kissed her on the forehead and she's misinterpreted it. It Bless was her. nothing Bless her. sexual, you know. Oh, poor Kathleen Willie. That's how he sort of plays that. Right, right. But and they, then. And then they said, have you ever been alone with <clears throat> Monica Lewinsky in the Oval, Oval oh. Office? And as, as lawyers felt secure because they had her affidavit, they yeah. probably didn't know the truth, to be fair. Yeah, his uh, lawyers might not have known the yeah, truth. Yeah, yeah. But that changed yeah. when Paula Jones' lawyers started asking about the gifts they exchanged. He's like, wait, what, what? And he realised that she's yeah. been talking. And you can watch him on the tape losing confidence. I, and that's, isn't that what he first said? I have never had sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, never had sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. Lewinsky. And I think that's because yeah. he's trying to pretend, you know, he's thinking, well, I didn't have sexual intercourse with her. So he thinks yeah. he's, he's, am I, well, he thinks he's not Well, that's the defence he uses yeah, later on. Later, whether yeah. he's actually thinking that, I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. just a straight denial is what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because yeah, he yeah. also doesn't know what evidence they have, of course. Yeah, yeah, he, knows he knows that, that someone she's, said she's something yeah. because of, they know about the presence that he's given her, but he doesn't know the yeah. level of detail they know. So outside the deposition, Newsweek, yeah. obviously Isakoff, the journalist, he's seen the tapes, he knows everything, and they were going to run the story that day yeah. about Monica Lewinsky with all the tapes. But they decide not to run it 
because they have this decision to make because they know that Clinton's just perjured himself. If they yeah. run the story, there's perjuries just happen. So, and they're not sure that they can run a story that could lead to his impeachment. They're not. Oh, they're, they're thinking you know, we've they're, got to be really have all our bases covered before we go down this road. Sure. So what, exactly. what, where on earth would so, you publish something without? Well, what? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, they might be cautious, John. There's somebody who wasn't very cautious about that. That was a man called Matt Drudge. And he wrote something called the Drudge Report on something called the Internet. Oh, the World Wide Webnet, um, which is a brand the new thing. The World Wide Webnet, which is sort of in its infancy at yeah. this time. We're in 1998. Yeah. And... Um, uh, Lucianne Goldberg, who was the you know the literary agent who Linda yeah, Tripp, yeah. who advised Linda Tripp to make the recordings and everything, she knew that no legitimate news source is going to touch these tapes because they they were obtained illegally. So she takes them to Matt Judge at the internet. Right. She knows he's not got any scruples, and there's no regulation. No, yes, yes, the internet. So the story's so out there. So she just gives now. him the tapes. So the story's out there. The scoop for Newsweek's dead in the water, as it will have been all in the dailies before the next edition. Ken Starr's yeah. investigation starts subpoenaing more people and more files. Vernon Jordan holds a press conference denying he advised uh, Monica Lewinsky to lie. Clinton repeatedly denies all allegations. Monica's lawyer still trying to hammer out an immunity agreement saying that she will tell all. It's all it's all hotting up now. So it's all hotting up. It's all kicking up. And you've got these two things going on simultaneously. Yeah. You've got the Paula Jones case and you've got Kenneth Starr's investigation. Yeah. And he's now also subpoenaing people to talk. So Clinton at this point, is due to give the State of the Union address on the 28th of January. Yeah. Now, the day before, he repeats that denial, and that's when he uses that infamous phrase, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. That wasn't a very good impression, Angela, if you don't mind me saying. He's got a sort no, of well, Arkansas totally accent. I did, not, I, did, I did not have <laughs> did not sexual have relations sexual with relations that woman. With that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, that woman really hurt Monica, didn't it? It's like, maybe, yeah, yeah, it really, yeah. really did. Because yeah. she thought he was, you know, she thought they were in love. And, she'd and covered suddenly his, she'd covered he's his completely yeah. um, distanced himself yeah, from her, yeah. pretends he doesn't even know it. Yeah. Um, the First Lady Hillary Clinton gives a TV interview in which she talks about a vast right-wing conspiracy which is behind all these charges against her husband. And the thing is, John... <laughs> She's not exactly wrong. No, I mean, Clinton had done a bad thing and had been a sleazeball. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, the way this was being used politically to bring him down was a right-wing conspiracy. It's not it about, was a right It wasn't about and, women's and it, rights, clearly. No, it yeah. was never about the yeah. women. Yeah. And so how did the story about Lewinsky and yeah. Linda Tripp's tapes get connected to Ken Starr's investigation? There's some way that they've all been... Right. Connected. Why did Linda Tripp tell them that she had the tapes? She until this point, Ken Starr's investigation, remember, had been dead in the water. Vince Foster's yeah. suicide. Whitewater turns up. Nothing. Investigators were winding down. They were all thinking of moving on. Yeah. And these activists were desperate to find something. And David Brock. Now he was the guy who wrote the initial Washington Post article about Paula Jones, the Troopergate article, which yeah. kicked it all off. Yeah. At this point, he's starting to turn. He was a right wing writer, but he starts to turn to the other side, and he starts to whistleblow. Wow. It turns into a book eventually that comes out in 2002 called Blinded by the Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It seems uh, um, there's like a web of conservative lawyers who are secretly helping the Paula Jones case. They were known as the elves, apparently, this small group yeah. of lawyers, mostly members of Federalist Society. Um, they acted behind the scenes with no acknowledgement and, and they were involved in writing all of Paula Jones's briefs. Yeah. And so we think it's the elves that connected Linda Tripp, possibly through Lucianne Goldberg, we don't know, 
because she was a right-wing activist as well who probably was connected to the elves or certainly would have been friends with some of them. Yeah. Um, and through this network, somehow these two stories get smushed together and Star's team gets wind of Monica Lewinsky and his investigation suddenly gets new life. He gets the... Um, the, the added jurisdiction. So this vast conspiracy theory of, of Hillary Clinton's had truth, truth yeah. in it. Yeah, there's yeah. an anti-Clinton movement. There's a lot of funding and there's a lot of people. One of the people in the movement was Brett Kavanaugh, who's oh now God. Supreme You mean rapist, judge we'll, rapist you know, Brett Kavanaugh? Ra rapist Brett Kavanaugh. Um, and another was George Conway, who's yeah. the husband now of Kellyanne Conway. You know, so these, these people were powerful then and still are now. Yeah. Kavanaugh was part of Star's Office of Independent Counsel team. He certainly wasn't impartial, you know. And and they used Paula's case to get Bill Clinton in this perjury trap, not because they cared about her. That's the important thing, I no, think. No, absolutely. And as Kenneth Starr said um, in, in an interview I saw with him, he said the elves may have had their motives, but they couldn't invent the facts. Oh, so happy that, days. Know, happy days when people yeah. couldn't invent facts. <laughs> yeah, right. But this is the thing, you know, yes, yeah. they were using it, but Clinton did do these things. Absolutely, yeah. But it's like how yeah. it was being manipulated. Clinton exactly. was about to give the State of the Nation address. All the White House staffers, they start sucking up to Al Gore, don't they? They go, yeah. oh, the vice president, <laughs> let's uh, let's start being nice to him because they think, oh my God, this Clinton boat might be sinking and uh, it might be over yeah. for the president. But um, he gives the State of the Union address and it appears the Democrats are sticking by him, isn't it? Yeah, they all shake his hands. Yeah. They all sort of breathe a bit of a... Because they don't want the Republicans. They don't want the Republicans. They've got to make a moral choice about... Yeah. I know this is shitty, but we don't want these mad right-wing Republicans taking over. Exactly. And and Monica also never never really turns on no. him. She didn't have a choice in what happened. She was a young woman. Yeah. She didn't want him to lose his job. Yeah. Um, but he completely turns on her, denies everything. Because at that point, yeah. what Clinton could have done was gone... Yeah. Should've yes, I've it. had an affair with this woman. Should've you know, I've it. had an affair with women in the past. Yeah. And if he'd done that at that point, gone, yes, I've had another affair. If he'd owned it a bit. Yeah. If he'd owned it. Yeah. What happened next wouldn't have happened. Right. Yes, there would have been another scandal, but it wouldn't have involved perjury, perjury. and it wouldn't yeah. involved impeachment. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have given Kenneth Starr's investigation what they yeah. needed. Um, so at this point, Monica and her mother, through this whole thing, you know, State of the Union, all the depositions, everything, she's holed up in the Watergate apartment with her mum, with yeah. the curtains closed surrounded by cameras and press she can't go anywhere and all sorts of awful things are being said about her in the media she's being portrayed as a temptress yeah. there was a, a a man she'd had an affair with who'd actually been her high school teacher and she then went on to have an affair with after high school he came forward he told held a press conference after the state of the union where he said that she she was always talking about sex. She alleged that when she went off to be an intern at, at, in Washington, yeah. she said that she was going to DC to get her presidential knee pads. This as if that was evidence. Up. Yeah. Well, a, it was probably made up, but even if it wasn't, even yeah. if she'd said, I'm going to Washington to bang the president, that's what I want to do. Even if she'd said that, it doesn't mean that, yeah, you know, it's not, the, doesn't the, make it her make fault. A, doesn't not, make Clinton a victim, does it? The poor, yeah, the poor president. Yeah, poor of, little man. Yeah, he's the leader of the yeah. free world, yeah. So they, exactly. yeah, they called her a so, young tramp. They called her a spoiled, troubled Jewish princess. It hadn't even occurred to me that she was Jewish. Um, yeah. So there's some anti-Semitism is thrown into the mix. They said yeah. she spent high school in a psychiatrist's office. There's a fatal attraction comparisons, which is another sort of uh, misogynist sort of reference. Yeah. And uh, they said she zealously sought access to the president. The sort of, yeah. yeah, it was all slut shaming, what we now call slut yeah, shaming. Yeah. It was if you're a promiscuous woman, if you're a woman who wants to have sex with people, if you're then it must be your fault. Yeah. You're not allowed to be that. If you're you're allowed to be that if you're a man. Yeah. You're not allowed to be that if you're 
a woman. And it's what Monica Lewinsky refers to as the nuts and sluts defence. They, they were just, she was either mad or a whore. Right. That, they were the only two wow. sort Options of you know, ways of framing Monica Lewinsky. It was yeah. never, hang on a minute, she was really young and he was in power. And men in sex scandals, as we know, they get second chances, but the women very rarely do. Yeah. And, and all this time, Clinton's approval rating is really high. Um, yeah, all time high. The people didn't believe him, but they just sort of didn't care about who he was sleeping with. The economy was in good shape. They had jobs, and it was sort of that was sort of what they cared about in the real world outside the sort of uh, manic frenzy of Washington politics. Yeah, absolutely. So Ken Starr is now putting people before a grand jury to decide whether yeah. you know this is something that can lead to a yeah. trial for. Yeah. for Bill Clinton. So Betty Curry, the presidential secretary, she's one of the first to testify. Um, Lewinsky could be in, indicted to testify at any moment. So her lawyer, Bill Ginsburg, has flown in from California and he's still trying to steal this immunity deal, which she hasn't got yet. Yeah. You know, she's waiting. She could be indicted any moment, but she needs this immunity deal. Um, and they eventually agree to one with one of the OIC lawyers. They get it in writing and in, in it, she agrees to give testimony as long as she doesn't have to wear a wire or entrap anyone. Monica's good, good not interested her. in, yeah. you know, she really stands her ground on that. Yeah. So after 14 days holed up in Watergate, she flies to, I think it was LA, to meet her father. And when she flies at the press, had bought up every other seat oh, on that God. plane she oh, was my on. God. You know, she just couldn't get away from yeah. it. And then by the time she lands... Yeah. She gets there and she finds out that Ken Starr basically has rescinded this immunity offer that they've made her in writing. The reason for that is her lawyer, this Bill Ginsburg, who was a family friend, he's quite enjoying his moment in the limelight, I think. Yeah. He's going on talk shows, oh he's God. mouthing off, and he's pissing off everyone in the Ken Starr investigation. So Starr just goes, well, that document, I didn't approve it, so it doesn't stand. Blimey. It was signed by some other lawyer in the department. Wow. Doesn't stand. Okay. Um, you know, and it's all because her lawyer's been yeah. mouthing off. And everyone, everyone Monica had mentioned on the tape began to be indicted, didn't they? To give testimony yeah. to the grand jury. Her friend, her mother, her friend yeah. Catherine Davis said she was there in a room full of men being asked to describe how Clinton had touched Monica's body. She said mm. it felt gratuitous and abusive. And then uh, one member of the Independent Council left because he didn't agree with the team's aggressive pursuit. Yeah, they really focused on the salacious yeah. points yeah. on the, you know, I mean, they're asking Catherine Davis about all the, she wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. But they're still getting her to yeah. speak about it because Monica had confided in her, you know. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, like I say, Monica lawyer doing no favours, um, but he's the only person speaking publicly for her and her family. You know, she's not able to speak. She's under legal quarantine. She's not able to speak for herself. She's not able to counteract all these things that are being said about her. And she's got this one man who is speaking for them. He's out there, you know, on talk shows and, and making a bit of a tit of himself. Yeah. And um, the final straw was when he writes an open letter to Ken Starr's team in a California law magazine. At that point, Monica sacks him. Yeah. And um, instead they hire some sort of, some Washington lawyer, someone who knows Judge Starr, someone who knows how the Washington machinery works a bit better. And so with this new lawyer, she finally gets her immunity deal on her 25th birthday. Oh, happy, happy, birthday, happy birthday, Monica. What have you got me? Well, we've got yeah. you some, yeah, lovely little yeah. kitten card and some CDs. Oh, and immunity from prosecution. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now she has to give testimony. Yeah, and she's asked to describe sex acts in detail. Uh, yeah. And really, consent should have been the only issue, really. Uh, yeah. In fact, this is, remember, this is all in, this is all an inquiry about perjury. And there were like, loads of details yeah. about the uh, blowjobs and stuff. But the investigation seemed obsessed, obsessed with the graphic details 
of the of the sexual encounters she'd had with Clinton, and she had to turn over evidence, uh, including the famous blue dress with a little white famous, with a little white pattern on the front, a little white bit on it. Yeah. <laughs> so Star's team then have to write to Clinton's lawyers and say they've got evidence that requires a blood sample. And in those days, that wasn't because you couldn't just get a cheek swab for DNA; you had to give yeah, blood because yeah. DNA was still early days, in its infancy, yeah. really. And um, they said to Clinton's team, you know, we would like it if he would give the blood sample voluntarily. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't tell him the evidence. They didn't have to tell his team legally what evidence it was they had. They just said that wow. they had some DNA evidence. So they didn't have to disclose that. He could have given so that. It didn't have to be blood. Could have been, he could have given a spunk sample. That might have been. <laughs> could, have asked, could have asked the president for that. <laughs> yeah, no, just wanking this cup, please, Mr. President. Um, <laughs> but the, the team said, you know, we will go to a judge. If right. we have to. Wow. So obviously, if they have to go to a judge for it, it's then going to be public. So right, Clinton's right. team advised him, you should give this blood sample. Okay. So there's this mad situation where this team are going to the White House in the, late at night to get a blood sample from a sitting president to compare the DNA with a spunk stain on a 22-year-old's face. Oh, friend. the greatest office of the world. <laughs> you know? And of course, the results come back. And hey, the results affirmative. are... Should be a TV show. It is Clinton's spunk. Who's now here on Channel 9. Whose spunk is it on the dress? <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, the indictments continue for months, don't they, to the grand jury. Finally, yeah. in August 98, Clinton becomes the first sitting president to testify before a grand jury investigating his conduct. So this is historic stuff. Yeah, it really is. And... During the, his testimony, he tries to justify the per perjury. So he's, you know, yeah, this is the whole point of it is that he, he's yeah. perjured himself. So yeah. now the backpedaling has to start. So to begin with, he says these encounters did not consist of sexual intercourse. They did not constitute sexual relations as I understood that term to be defined. Okay. But they did involve inappropriate intimate contact yeah, mate. now you know I think even mouth, Bill mate. Clinton knows that you know yeah. a, a willy in a mouth is sexual yeah. relations yeah. So there's no yeah. getting away from that but he's trying to just legally because he's a lawyer his wife's yeah. a lawyer yeah. they are trying to legally find the loopholes so yeah. he can escape a perjury charge it's put to him at the grand jury that during his deposition at Paula Jones trial his lawyer had stated that there is no sex of any kind and Clinton says that statement wasn't a lie. That was the truth because of the word is. And he said, my lawyer used the word is and I was not engaged in his or sexual during activity phone call. during she's the not, deposition. She's not, she's not doing it right now. Or during this, you know. <laughs> oh, God. You know, it, that's what he, he's that. He's clinging on to semantics, really, which is what lawyers do to, to try to get out, to escape a perjury charge. After the questioning at the White House is finished, Clinton goes on national TV to admit he had inappropriate relations with Monica Lewinsky, though he said he thought his answers were legally accurate, which is like yeah. not accurate. Is, yeah. <laughs> and Ken Starr knows now. He knows now he's got him. Yeah. Right? They, they are now in the realms of impeachment. Yeah. He needs to turn the, this information to Congress because it's up to Congress to decide whether to impeach the president. So now 36 boxes of material that Ken Starr's collected in the investigation are sent to Congress. And there's this amazing footage you can see of the boxes being unloaded right. and taken into it's like, Congress. It's like your notes for this podcast, Angela. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Starr puts warnings on the report about the personal things that shouldn't become public. House Rules Committee draft regulations on handling the information. Nobody wants to take responsibility for keeping it secret. So it goes on the internet. All this salacious stuff. And it was a bit of a defining moment for the internet, really. Yeah, it was yeah. still sort of in its infancy. Yeah. And 
everything is just out there in the public domain now. And yeah. it details sex, oral sex, sex with objects, That's John, cigar. objects. That's the cigar, the moment yeah. you've been waiting for. <laughs> it's a Cuban cigar. So, this is what they're mad about. The Republicans are like, this is, you're yeah. not allowed to have Cuban cigars. <laughs> Can you imagine, you know, Monica Lewinsky is 25. She's in a New York hotel room yeah. as these documents are being uploaded, you know, right. very slowly. Oh, that does. Yeah, yeah. And knowing that everyone's reading these things about these sex acts yeah. that she's involved in. And during in the report of this investigation, the word sex is mentioned 548 times. In the Whitewater investigation, which is the umbrella investigation right. that how this many, is all how, part how many of, times was the word Whitewater mentioned? Twice. Okay, so I think you this know, tells us something really about. They really focused on the sexy, sexy bits. Well, I mean, you know, the, and if you put the word Willie in, the name Willie in, that's even more times. Even where... more. <laughs> um, yeah. So Monica, she's humiliated. She's called a home wrecker, and there's all these people, you know. It, Democrats are saying you've got Michael Moore is slut shaming her on telly. Joan Rivers is slut shaming her on yeah. telly. John Goodman plays Linda Tripp in in Saturday Night Live sketches where yeah. Monica is very much the, 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 the part of the, the joke. Yeah. It was just horrific. And, and she can't speak out, can she? She's under legal no. quarantine, so she can't yeah. respond. And the first time anyone heard her voice was when the trip tapes were released. So poor Monica's yeah. got no, got no power in this at all. No, she's just got to sit there while. Yeah. You know, global humiliation yeah, is yeah, here. Yeah. And at 25, I mean, I don't know how you don't, how you survive that, really. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. must have some strength of character yeah, to have come yeah. out of it the way she had. And and people just thought that at this point, Bill Clinton's got to resign. Surely yeah. he's got to resign. This is an impeachable offence. He's perjured himself. Yeah. But, like we said, his approval rating is really good. The yeah. people out there going about day to day, they've got jobs, the economy's good. They don't care. They yeah. just don't care. So he doesn't resign. He stays put and the House proceeds with an impeachment inquiry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. September, Clinton gives grand jury testimony. It's televised and it actually creates sympathy for him because he's a good actor. He's a good performer, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. 76% of Americans are against impeachment. And then the midterms, yeah. six years into his presidency, now, now that nearly always goes against an incumbent. Uh, yeah. and, and uh, Republican Newt Gingrich thinks he's going to pick up 20 to 30 seats. The opposite actually happens. So the sympathy yeah. for Clinton in all of this. It's really high. And because he's very good, like you say, he's very charming. Yeah. And he's, you know, people aren't suffering on the whole. So, yeah, he, as far as the voters are concerned, yeah. it's not really denting at anything. No. Quite the opposite, in fact. Um, now, quietly... While this is all going on, on the 13th of November in 98, Clinton settles the Jones case. Right. $850,000. Um, no apology, though. And right. that's for in exchange for her agreement gone. to drop the appeal. Right. Yeah. So I guess the right-wingers are like, we don't need you anymore. Just settle now. We're yeah, not going right, to fight right. for you anymore because we've got this other thing now. Yeah. Which, again, just shows how quickly she was sort of dropped by them. It was just, well, yeah. you settle and that's it. Um, you know, whereas before it was all about her getting the apology, which she never got. Um, and then on the 19th of November, Starr is going to testify to make to the grand jury to make his case for impeaching the president. OK. And suddenly loads of Republicans start hitting the headlines because turns out, John. Yeah. Republicans. Oh, a lot be, of them. I've been not very good at keeping it in their pants. Keep the, keep the trousers um, on either. So, uh, yeah, so it's almost like people in power, John. 
Or abuse actually it. Abuse quite it. philandering. And yeah, abusive. yeah, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought? Okay, what's this Larry yeah. Flint detail? That was an intriguing little moment. Well, this is, so Larry Flint, hustler, publisher, yeah. Yeah. you know, he, he offers a million dollars for information on Republicans that cheat on their wives. Because oh. they're like, no, we're not having this. Okay, Bill Clinton's a cheat, it's all yeah. coming out, he's being yeah. you know, although the case was actually about perjury, not really about them. Yeah. They're like, no, this is hypocritical because all the Republicans cheat have had it, everyone wives. in you yeah, know, all Washington. the politicians have had it, both sides of the house. Yeah. So let's start showing up the hypocrisy and there's a moment where Republican uh, Bob Livingston he is in the house and he repeats his assertion that Clinton should be impeached and one of the Democrats challenges him because he's one of the people been... that uh, has been sort of sh- held up as having extramarital flinted. affairs he's been flinted <laughs> he's been flinted as he puts it and uh, and he resigns as an wow. honourable course of action he says yes you're right and that's why I'm resigning and he thinks that that w- is a way of showing and that's what Bill Clinton should do as well uh, of course it's not what Bill Clinton does. But Clinton is impeached, isn't he? That's so impeached yeah. is like sort of charged, you know, with misconduct. The only precedent was Andrew Johnson a century before. Yeah. Senate trial begins in uh, January 99. And yeah. and then the Senate voted in February on the articles of the impeachment. It would be a two thirds vote, 67 votes would have been necessary to convict on either charge and remove the president from office. So this is a lot high stakes here for this, this, yeah. this, this perjury uh, impeachment charge. But it was defeated with 45 votes for conviction and 55 against, and the obstruction of justice charge was defeated with 50 for conviction and 50 against. So it didn't get the two-thirds majority. And for Clinton, that was that, really. He sort of got away with yeah, it. Yeah, he did. And we should also mention here that also in 1998, around this time, um, Juanita Broadrick uh, was a woman who came forward and she made rape allegations against Clinton. Right. And they were never included in the Paula Jones trial or in the impeachment. She didn't really want to be named. The, the, yeah. I think it was some private investigators tracked her down because she talked about it in the past. Um, and then if we skip forward to 2015, when uh, Hillary Clinton announces her uh, running for presidency yeah. and Clinton makes a statement that all women should speak out about sexual assault. Juanita takes to Twitter wow. at that point and goes, well, you know, I did speak out and nothing happened. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, I think Juanita Broderick, Paula Jones, Kathleen Willey, they were all brought into the Trump campaign when he was running against wow. Hillary Clinton. So the right wing faction, you know, I don't believe what well, we know, don't we? Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about no. women being abused. Um, he quite openly grab them by the pussy, all yeah, of that. They, these women yeah. were still now being used by the right. Yes. As absolutely. a way to show that Democrats are, are sort of somehow morally corrupt and yeah. and therefore... Yeah. you know, shouldn't yeah. be in power. So, and Lewinsky, is, um, yeah, Lewinsky now is sort of like a, a broadcaster, isn't she, and a campaigner yeah. against like, an anti-bullying campaigner. And I have to say, she comes out of it quite a lot of um, uh, sort of uh, credibility, I think. And she, you know, was always trying to do the right thing and uh, is aware that she was a victim now and talks about that as, as a thing. You know, she could have changed her name and disappeared, but she, she she's, she's funny on Twitter about it and she's uh, uh, sort of taken ownership of it, I think, in a rather sort of admirable way. Yeah. Reminds absolutely. me a bit of, I mean, the, uh, sort of in the way that Christine Keeler was never able to, because uh, I think you were saying it reminded you a bit of the Profumo scandal over there, where these vic- these girls yeah. were just victims and were sort of mm. slut shamed and all that. Yeah. And then they, they were young yeah. and these people were men in power, yeah. you know. And yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it, they, they were framed at the time as being these young temptresses. And you go, well, I. I think the men had more agency than they did. I mean, the thing I'll say, in, one, other, in many ways. one other postscript I'll chuck in here, Angela, was mm. uh, when Hillary Clinton was near, you know, looking like she might win the presidency, the idea of the FBI 
um, investigating her emails came up again for a second time just before yeah. the election. And this was because Anthony Weiner had been sending dick pics and it was on yeah. Huma Abedin's laptop and Huma worked for Hillary. And it's again, because of a man getting his willy out, that it might have, yep. that might be the final straw that lost Hillary the presidency. So it's like a terrible sort of like thing that comes all the way back round again to um, to get the women in the in Washington uh, screwed over again by by men not being able to keep their trousers on. Yeah, and I think that's where that's where we'll end it. We'll end it there, <laughs> John. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's a multi layered story, yeah. and there was lots going on, and literally no one. It's a story where I think you can you know you're trying to look for the good guys. They're not yeah, there. They're not there. Well, um, yeah, you know they're not. There's no know, one, no one comes um, out of this very well. Um, apart, no, from, apart from I, I, Monica's, mom, were... Monica's mum and dad looking after their daughter, you have to feel sorry for them. Yeah. The word intern, yeah. we never heard the word intern until this thing happened. It, was, it wasn't yeah, in the English vocabulary. It wasn't in our, yeah, it wasn't and an was, English thing. Was I it? was writing jokes for Gordon Brown at the time. And he goes, oh. and we're going to go, um, we've got a policy at the uh, Downing Street. We're going to have no U-turns, no left turns, no right turns, and definitely no interns. And everyone, <laughs> everyone's going, this is a funny joke, but he's going, and his assistant's going, I'm going, Gordon, you can't do that joke. That's about the President of the United States. <laughs> Tony Blair's just coming back from visiting him and uh, he's going, oh, it's a good joke though. It's a good joke. You're here again. No U-turns, no left turn, definitely no interns. Yeah, Gordon, funny joke. You can't do it. And his, 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 no, definitely his, can't do his it. assistant talked him out of doing it, but uh, Charlie Whelan leaked it to the standard. So at least this gag got out there. It was a joke that had been banned inside Downing Street. But, uh, so that's interns. <laughs> and now we use that word all the time. Thanks, Monica. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for giving us that. <laughs> that word, intern. That's all from We Are History this week. Angela's, yes. Angela's marathon Ken Starr size investigation <laughs> into the it could have been much worse John it could have been into much the worse. Clinton Lewinsky scandal is what we're going to call it uh, yeah. I yeah. do watch um, there's impeachment on it's on iPlayer at the minute with yeah. this sort of dramatisation of these events and there's also on Amazon Prime there's the documentary The Clinton Affair which is uh, that's a documentary but it's yeah so, it's interesting so, so any man thinking of going into politics look out for women temptresses yes they're gonna, everywhere. They're everywhere. They're, they're, they're homebreakers. They're homebreakers. Not enough detail on blowjobs, if I'm honest, Angela, in this podcast. <laughs> we didn't go into... I had to really steer you away from that. We're, we're, you know, in the podcast where we're going and they really, they really sort of concentrate on the sex acts, John's like, we're not mentioning the sex acts enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Thanks for listening, right. everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to go on Twitter. Give us a five-star review if you can on iTunes and all that yep. and business. And, and tell your friends that we're here doing this yeah, because, yeah. you know, that'd be nice. Word of mouth is good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Bye.